The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! <laughs> You think he's gone? He's not gone. That's the whole point. He's never gone. Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I mustn't have been paying attention when you were just talking to me. I actually did work on a longer open for you for that. Thank you, guys, uh, everybody who was uh, hanging in here, waiting for us to uh, get the technical difficulties down. We're having a Facebook issue for some reason today. Cause I, I think Facebook hates you. Yeah, I, you think? <laughs> you think they hate me? Just saying. I'm pretty sure we can, we can make that a little bit more definitive at this point. Uh, Tom Duggan here on the Paying Attention podcast. Uh, we have a, uh, what time do we have here? Okay, so I just want to make sure I'm good on time. Um, we have a, a pretty good show for you today. No Paul today. I've got no guests today. Uh, we may call Rich Russell up uh, toward the end of the show, depending on how quickly I can breeze through my first two topics. Uh, we have two things that I want to talk about today. We have some breaking news uh, on the Valley Patriot website, which you should all be going to at least a couple of times a week, maybe every other day. Uh, we post daily stories there. You shouldn't wait for me to post it on Facebook. You should be going to valleypatriot.com just about every other day and see what kind of news stories we've got posted up there. Sometimes I'll post it on uh, Facebook, but I post so many things you might miss it, right? So you want to go to valleypatriot.com. The new edition of the the new print edition of the Valley Patriot is on the streets. I think we got the last of them out today. We were a little slow getting West Methuen out, but we are out and they are everywhere and they're in the market baskets and we made sure they're in the market baskets and we're in Hannaford's and we're in Big Lots and we're in Stop and Shop and we're in Shaw's and we're pretty much all over the Merrimack Valley. We're in 49 cities and towns. So we appreciate uh, everybody who is a, a reader and an advertiser of the Valley Patriot, which hel- actually helps to sponsor this program. Uh, again, I'm Tom Duggan here on the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, atop Two Guys Smoke Shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Uh, we also want to encourage you to um, tune into some of the other shows here at Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Political TNT with Tom and Nancy Troy is a great show. Um, there's uh, The Writer's Block which is a, a show for writers, which is great. It's a great show. I've actually been watching it myself. And uh, Mandra, she's really kind of cute. And, and you've been on it. I've been on. That's true. I've been on as a guest. And Mandra, she's really kind of cute. So you might want to just watch it just for that alone. I know that's one of the reasons I tune in. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. And then there's the Ambitches show. And I'm not too sure I want to recommend that you that you watch that. Maybe you should. I don't know. I, but I told but, her um, yesterday, I think it was. Did you? Or Tuesday. Yeah. That um, you guys need a crossover event. Yeah, we should probably do that. I just, I, she can't be bringing her husband, though. Like, that's the thing. If I'm going to be a guest on a show, I don't want to be, I don't want to be like fantasizing in my head and then I'm looking out and there's like a husband sitting there staring at me. That kind of kills the whole vibe, you know All what right. I mean? And the negotiations will continue. All right, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to put you in charge of that negotiation. All right. And if it doesn't go well, we can always call in uh, uh, John Bergeron. He's my go to uh, negotiator <laughs> on stuff like that. I, I knew you'd have somebody on staff. Right, right. And then we, there's a whole bunch of other shows.
other shows? What are the other shows here? Uh, uh, the Cigar Authority. We've got so, uh, um, we've uh, got Dave does one for Studio Twenty One Podcast Cafe. We've got the Snack Authority. Snack Authority. Now you're talking because I sit in my office like literally hours and hours and hours on so, end, and all I do is snack. So this week, one of the viewers sent us uh, West Coast taffy. Right, that yep. we're gonna have a face-off with our saltwater taffy. Yeah, they're gonna lose. You think they're losing? Yeah, they're gonna lose. Saltwater taffy's the best. And we, you know, we got the don't do it yourself real estate house party, cigar authority. And what's the new one? It's Salem. What is it? Six hundred three. Success in the six hundred three. Success in the six hundred three. They're uh, all about trying to help local businesses up, up here in New Hampshire they, where we're recording. They were just on before you got. And I'm getting good reviews. I'm hearing good things about it. They're, it seems like they're getting a lot of traction already. Good, excellent. So our first story today, you know, we've got a couple of things that we've been neglecting about Columbia Gas. Um, you know, let's just just to give you guys some of the background for those who don't know. Uh, on September thirteenth, I'm sure you know this part at least. Um, Columbia Gas blew up the city of Lawrence and portions of Andover and North Andover. And, um, you know, it's gotten to the point now where it's now my gas, my heat was off. My heat's been off since September 13th. It just got turned back on yesterday. Yesterday, we got a brand new stove. Yesterday, we got our heat turned on. But uh, we understand that, like, we're, we're in the beginning like we're the the people of the people being turned on. Oh, really? So yeah. So early. so we're early. So not really early. Obviously, we're very late. I but but we're we're early in the process, and there's still I think like two thirds of the people out there still have no gas. And so you know, I I b- before I start, I want to just kind of I just want to kind of give a caveat on this because you know the people who work for Columbia Gas that are answering the phones, they're out there trying to fix things. Most of those people have nothing to do with what happened. Most of those people are doing everything they can to try and restore service. They're working very hard. We know because we go live at night in Lawrence. We've seen them putting the gas pipes in. You know, we've also seen some bad things too. We've seen workers standing around doing nothing for two and three hours at a time. And, uh, you know, we sat there and watched them yeah. do no work for two. We, we actually sat there for three hours one night on, on um, Winthrop Avenue and, and had guys sitting there literally just doing nothing, I guess, waiting for orders or something. Uh, but for the most part because when you have a group of that a group of people that big you're always going to have problems but for the most part um you know it's not the workers uh at columbia gas who are trying to restore this stuff that are the reason that that the city of lawrence blew up yeah. or north andover or andover yeah. having said that excuse my french but the shit show that has ensued since september 13th cannot be overlooked no. and you know we have the gas subcontractor the feeney brothers were working on the gas line. Apparently, they're the ones that, according to the NTSB, the National Transportation Safety Board, they're the ones that hooked up the wrong line, a high-pressure line to a low-pressure line, which supposedly, and we're going to keep saying supposedly because I'm not too sure I buy this entire story, but according to uh, NTSB and Columbia Gas, um, that's what caused... All of the explosions. If that's true, uh, God help us all. Right. That's a pretty fundamental right. design problem. Mm-hmm. So um, the NTSB came out and said, no, no, wait a minute. It's not, you can't really blame Feeney Brothers for hooking up the wrong gas line to the wrong gas line, the high-pressure line to the low-pressure low line, because they had faulty work orders from Columbia Gas. Apparently, Columbia Gas gave them a faulty work order huh. that had them hooking the wrong line into the wrong line. However... Right. However, but if you're a competent person, yeah, if you're a competent subcontractor and you're doing this all the time, 
uh, I would imagine that there needs to be, if there isn't, but there certainly needs to be, a backup system where you check the work order to make sure you're not blowing up a city when you hook up a line. Right. To make sure that some some person in an office somewhere didn't send out the wrong order or get it wrong. <laughs> the other thing is get, Columbia Gas is saying, no, 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 it's not us, it's Feeney Brothers. But, you know, not for anything, even... It, <laughs> Even, let's say let's say that Columbia Gas didn't give the wrong order, just you know, to try and explore all options here. If Columbia Gas didn't give the wrong work order, and it was all Feeney Brothers, and it had nothing to do with Columbia Gas whatsoever, why are there not fail-safe safety systems in place right. to make sure that one guy can't hook up a wrong line to another line and blow up a city? I was just going to say, I'm a, not a smart guy, right. but if two things shouldn't be connected, don't you make different style connectors for R- those things? Yeah, and shouldn't you have safety systems so that if that happens, if somebody... Like, imagine, like... I'm sure nobody blew up Lawrence on purpose, right? right. I mean, I, w- I would be shocked to find out that that would be the case. I can't imagine that it is. Well, they'd be losing their customers right. if that's the case. But, but if... If a if a lone person can hook up a, a high pressure line to a low pressure line by accident and blow up a city by accident, just imagine what someone could do on purpose if they were if you had somebody malicious working for one of these gas companies, whether it's Columbia Gas or anybody else. I don't understand why over the last twenty something years Columbia Gas has not installed what they I would imagine are supposed to be installing or should have installed fail safe systems. So if the pressure gets too big. And if someone hooks up a wrong line, it shuts everything down so a city doesn't friggin' blow up. And so before we even start with what my story is, which is way better than what we're talking about right now, if you can imagine that, um, you you just kind of have to step back and look at what happened at the beginning to know what a shit show this is. Now, we were told initially that it was going to be by November 19th, everybody was going to get turned on. By November 19th, everything was going to be good. It was going to be, roads were going to be paved with gold. It was going to be Disney World in the Merrimack Valley all over again. And bags of money. Yeah, bags you? of money falling from the sky. And instead, November 19th went to December something, and now they're talking about everybody not getting turned on maybe even until spring. Now, I can't even imagine that could be the case, but it could be. And look, I... And I hate to give them any any credit at all, but I'm just trying to be as fair as I can. In their defense, regardless of how it happened, I don't think they've ever experienced trying to get thousands of people's homes turned back on. Everybody getting brand new connections, everybody getting brand new pipes, everybody getting brand new appliances, everything being rehooked back up the right way. And you've got all of these subcontractors and plumbers and demolition guys coming in and out of people's houses, and we don't even know who they are, right? I mean, I had people knock on my door and come in. I don't know who these guys are. No. How are they, how are they vetted? Did have they been Corey checked? We don't know. We have no idea who these people are coming and going out of our house. And I'm hearing nightmare stories from... Uh, Lawrence residents, North Andover residents, haven't heard too many complaints from Andover. I think they have another paper that they complain to. Um, but in certainly in North Andover and Lawrence, we're hearing nightmare stories about Columbia Gas nickel and diming people to death on reimbursements. Hmm. They're saying, yeah, they're covering this, but they're not covering that. Uh, they're reimbursing us for laundry, but not this kind of laundry. Um, they're reimbursing us for food, but not this kind of food. And they're certainly not. Um, I've had a pretty pleasant experience with Columbia Gas, personally, so far at least. Um, but I think that's probably because they know who I am. And they know I own a <laughs> yeah. friggin' newspaper. And they're trying to kiss my ass a little bit, which is good. Please keep doing that. Um, but I, I, I'm hearing all these nightmare stories that... You know, like one one woman called me and she said, you know, 
they're not covering X, Y, and Z. They don't, they don't realize that, okay, they're reimbursing us for food or they're reimbursing us to go out to dinner because we can't cook and they're reimbursing us for this or that. But all they're doing is reimbursing us. They're not paying us for the inconvenience of having to run around and, and change our daily lifestyle yeah. to stop and bring things to the, to the laundry, to, to take time out of work to go do right. something. Um, you know, the, the incredible stress that it puts a family under. Imagine having three or four kids and you're dealing with all of this and you're still trying to go to work every day and you're still trying to get your kids to school every day. And, and what they seem to be doing is reimbursing people for expenses but not paying people for what they did. Right. You know, so I had a lady on the phone. She was very nice. I'm not going to tell you her name because she probably shouldn't have been talking to me off the record. Um, but she said, you know, that there are some people who, you know, she's had one guy, uh, one lady called and said that she wanted $50,000 because she was uh, under a lot of stress from the police, uh, you know, banging her door down and, and pulling her out and making her leave while all the explosions were going on. Mm-hmm. And she said, yeah, isn't that ridiculous? And I said, yeah, that is kind of ridiculous until I hung up. Then I started thinking, wait a minute, maybe that's not really so ridiculous at all. Because if all they're doing is reimbursing us for the expenses that they caused, they're certainly not reimbursing us for all the other stuff, like, you know, the stress yep. and the time away from your family and, and all the other things that people don't think about. And they don't seem to be reimbursing people for those things. So as I'm getting these phone calls, I know it's a pretty big buildup, but uh, we've got a breaking story on valleypatriot.com. You should probably go to valleypatriot.com on a regular basis. Uh, we got a call yesterday. We just posted a big breaking story about an hour ago. A woman named Rachel Moffat. She lives in North Andover. She had a problem with her gas line a year ago before all this happened. They put in a brand new gas line on her street, and she said she was getting up in the morning. She was making her coffee, sitting in her recliner, and her normal routine was have her coffee, watch the news a little bit, then take a shower and go to work. And she was having her coffee and she was falling back asleep. She said she felt like she was drugged. She couldn't figure out what was going on. But she smelled gas. So she called Columbia Gas. They came out. They couldn't find the problem. They weren't looking in the right place. They thought she was crazy. They told her she was crazy. And come to find out that, yes, there actually was a gas leak right in the basement underneath her recliner where she sits in the morning. Right? She's been to the doctors. The doctors got her on antidepressants. All kinds of stuff going on with Rachel. Two day, uh, October 19th, I hope I'm getting this date right because it's not in front of me. October 19th, um, Columbia Gas Worker comes into her home, goes down into her basement. She goes to show them uh, where a leak is, a new leak now now since the, since the explosion. And she sees, if you can pull it up on the screen, you, you don't even have to put the uh, volume on because I don't think, well, I guess you can because the people with the podcast. Those, are, those who are watching us live on Facebook are going to get to see this. So apparently what happened was uh, one of the subcontractors for Columbia Gas wrote the N-word, scrawled the N-word on one of her pipes that they installed in her basement hmm. and drew a line that said, cut here my N-word. All right. She's furious. As she should be, as she should be. Um, Her mom is elderly. Her mom grew up in a time where black people did have to sit at at the back of the bus. Black people were called that word on a regular basis. And her mother is horrified even more because she remembers, you know, what life was like back then and how horrible that word is. And um, as I'm talking to her, I'm finding out the same story from her that I'm getting from other people. I'm getting... The, she's a nurse, right? So she's a nurse, and 
She doesn't want to wash her clothes at a laundry mat because she comes in contact with all kinds of bacteria and all kinds of sicknesses at work all day. She doesn't want to use the laundry mat because she's afraid that there'll be cross-contamination. She uses a, a, a dryer. She uses a, a washer. And God forbid some woman comes and puts the baby blanket in you know, after her, and there's some kind of cross-contamination that didn't get killed in the wash, right? So I don't know anything about bacteria. I don't know anything about this stuff, but she's a nurse and she does. And she says she doesn't want to do that. So she's hand washing her clothes and it's taken three days to dry. And in the meantime, she went to TJ Maxx and she spent, I don't know, a few hundred dollars on new clothes in the meantime. And Columbia Gas refuses to reimburse her for that. Crazy. It seems to me, and I'm going to try and be as fair with Columbia Gas as I can, um, because I do realize there's two sides to every story. But it seems to me from everyone that I've talked to, and believe me, I've talked to way more people than I probably ever wanted to on the story, uh, on, on the Columbia Gas stuff, it seems to me that they are nickel and diming people to death. It seems to me that the adjusters, the insurance people that they've hired have one mission, and that's to pay out as little as humanly possible. And again, they, and this is not through personal experience. Through personal experience, they've been very good to me, at least so far. But um, everyone that I've talked to besides me, Right. Who doesn't? Who yeah. you know? Everybody who doesn't own a newspaper and doesn't have a podcast that I talk to, say that they get they're getting nickel and dimed well, to death. And it seems to me, why are they the ones who decide? There right. should be a fund set aside right. and get somebody independent to decide what's a reasonable. Yeah, expense. I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of that. That's a that's a great idea. That maybe somebody smarter than us should have come up with a Columbia Gas, right? Right. So they're not paying people to go out and buy new clothes, and they're not paying people to. Well, you know, listen. Here's my thought. The day after Lawrence exploded, the day after North and- parts of North Andover and Andover exploded, Columbia Gas should have had people going door-to-door with a check for $5,000 to every friggin' person who was affected by this and said, here, this is go- – this is- we're not even going to talk about expenses yet, right? We're going to reimburse you for your expenses too. But right out of the gate, here's a check for like five grand to get you through what's about to happen, to get sure. you through the next month or two months or three months, whatever it's going to take. Just out of the gate, here's something to help you get forward well, because people are telling me they can't pay their bills because right. all their money's tied up and all this other crap while they're waiting for reimbursement, half of which is being de- declined. Listen, so many people are paycheck to paycheck. Right, to begin with. all of a sudden, there's this big expense that's right. through no fault of their own. Right. They're expected to pay. Yep. So it's, it's somewhat of a disgrace. And again, it's not the people on the phone usually. It's not the people who are, who are out there trying to help, who are out there trying to restore people's gas. But for God's sakes, Columbia Gas... Is, is responsible for a hell of a lot more than reimbursing you for your meals. Yeah. They're responsible for a hell of a lot more than reimbursing you for your laundry or for time out of work or for whatever expenses that you had to incur. It shouldn't be them giving you back what you've spent. It should be them giving you a hell of a lot more than that, given the fact that, the, you know, they blew up a city, right? I mean, yeah. you go you go on the Valley Patriot Facebook page and you scroll down in, under the videos section and you look at what South Lawrence looked like the night that that happened. I drove through Lawrence. I was in the hot zone. I was really lucky that the state troopers let me in as a reporter, and I went live on Facebook and drove up and down almost every street in South Lawrence. It was like night of the living dead. And that was just night one. Now we're into almost December, right? We're halfway through November. We're almost into December. And it really is, I think, somewhat disgraceful that I have 
anybody calling my office saying Columbia Gas turned us down on an expense. I don't care what the expense is. <laughs> Columbia Gas should be saying, hey, look I, look, I get that there's fraud, right? There's always going to be fraud. There's always going to be people trying to defraud Columbia Gas and saying that they were affected when they weren't. I get that. But if you've already determined that this is a person who lives at this address, if you've already determined that this person is somebody who was affected, I don't care what they ask for. Fucking give it to them. You know what I'm saying? Like we were, I I was very lucky. I didn't lose a member of my family, right? I didn't, I didn't get killed. My house didn't blow up, all right. But a lot of people did. A lot of people's houses did blow up. A lot of people's neighbors' houses blew up. And there's a lot of expenses and time and effort and stress, time away from your family, time away from work, running around doing everything. I mean, just imagine the time that it takes to go and do your laundry if you've got five kids. Right. You're going to go to a laundromat and you're going to drop it off and you're going to stand there all day and do your laundry. And what do you do? Take the kids with you? Right, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Right. And then and then, what about the time that you're not spending, like enjoying your family or, or being going to work? Oh, no. There's no enjoyment left for these folks. There's, there's, there's a lot of these people who really are still struggling very hard. And I get it. I get that there's people. I talk, the woman that I talked to on the phone, she 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 has a lot of good points. The she represents Columbia Gas very well. I'll tell you that. She has, she brought up a lot of good points. And there are people out there trying to defraud the system. And I understand that they have to try and, and find a way to stop that and not allow it to occur. But in the meantime, the people that were affected, give them the friggin' money. Give them the friggin' money. Yeah. I don't want any more. Personally, I don't want any more than what I've expended, okay? I'm not looking for any more, right? I'm, that's just kind of who I am. But there are other people who are. There are other people who would like to get a little bit more. There are lo- other people who have gone out like Rachel Moffat and spent money on clothing because she needed clothing to get through like the next couple of weeks after like all of her – she can't do anything with her clothes. No, when you have a normal life, you can wash clothes right. as you go. Now it's a special trip to go to the laundromat and right. you can't do it as frequently. Right, and she can't do it at all because right. she's afraid she's going to contaminate the – you know, because of where she works, right? Yeah. So everybody's life is different. Everybody's lifestyle is different. You can't have a cookie-cutter approach. I'm stealing one of her quotes from the story. You can't have a cookie-cutter approach as to how you're dealing with every family involved in this. You have to look at what people's life and lifestyles were before it happened. You need to be, as, as an adjuster or as Columbia Gas's CEO or COO, you have to be willing to, how about go a little bit above and friggin' beyond? How about stop nickel and diming people for expenses for food and go a little above and beyond? You know what? I don't care if every single person affected wants to go to Joe Fish and have a lobster dinner. Fucking pay for it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Come on now. You're going to get me mad. So when this thing comes to me with the N-word, look, there's a lot of implications on this. First, it's the racism thing. And 90, and I said this on the show, I think, last week. 90 to 99% of the stories that you hear about somebody scrawling anti-Semitic graffiti or somebody scrawling the N-word uh, on, a, on a black church, 90 to 99% of those turn out to be hoaxes. Right. They end up, they, it turns out that it's a black person who did it to try and highlight the, you know, the, the horribleness of the N-word and to make white people look bad. Or, or the same thing with anti-Semitic on a synagogue, right? right? Turns out there was one... Um, CNN had to actually admit that they were wrong. It's the first time I've seen that in, in forever. Um, there was a guy who, who uh, I guess, made hoax bomb threats to a bunch of synagogues 
and said that you know he was going to kill a bunch of Jews because the Jews all need to die in ovens. And it turned out it was an Israeli Jew <laughs> in Israel who was making these hoax bomb threats, right? right? So we know, we know from covering it on this show re- repeatedly, almost ad nauseum, that most of these cases are hoaxes. This one's not a hoax. I don't think it is. Because it wasn't like all N-words must die. Right. It was cut here, my N-word. It was, it was a, a pipe fitter or somebody working for Columbia Gas that drew a line on the pipe that was telling one of his colleagues, this is where you're supposed to cut. And apparently that's how they talk to each other. Shouldn't be talking to each other that way. I don't care what color you are. But they did. Hmm. And when Rachel Moffat calls Columbia Gas, she gets a runaround. She gets... Oh, it's not us. It's the demo guys. And the demo guys say it's the plumbers. And the plumbers say, no, it's Columbia Gas. And Feeney Brothers says, no, it's Columbia Gas. And someone else says, no, it's Feeney Brothers. And really, what they should have done, I mean, this is just a lesson in morality and ethics. How about you own up to it? How about you say, you know what, Miss Moffat? I'm sorry that this happened to you. How about start with that? Which I guess they didn't do, at least according to her. I'm sorry that this happened to you. How can we make it right? What can we do to make this right? We're, we're very sorry. Right. How about a check for 10 grand? Would that make it right? I'm pretty sure she'd say okay to that. And then you'd have the biggest defender in the world yep. out there saying, no, Columbia Gas is doing the right thing. But when they're not, when families are calling me and saying they're denying expenses for this and that, and it's pennies on the dollar, and I'm, I'm saying, are you, can, you, can you send me something that just shows that they actually denied that? Because that's just ridiculous, right? Yep. And then they send it to me, and they look at it and go, you got to be effing kidding me. I could write 30 friggin' stories like this one, except for the N-word part. This is the yeah. first time we've seen this. But as far as nickel and dining people, I mean, I'm getting tons and tons of stories. And I'm sure that some of those people are exaggerating, right? Everybody does. Yeah. I'm sure some of those people are making it sound worse than it is. I'm sure some of those people are probably even lying. But they're not all lying. No. They're not all making it up. They're not all telling me the exact same story that they go through an adjuster and they're getting nickel and dimed. Again, I was treated very well. So far. So Maybe far. after today's show, that might, be, that might change. But so far, I've been treated pretty well. In fact, I haven't even submitted my reimbursement stuff yet because I'm so busy. I'm running a podcast. I'm running a newspaper. I'm out doing homeless outreach. I mean, I'm a busy guy. I barely have time to read through the emails that I get, much less sit down and spend an hour putting receipts together for Columbia Gas. Eventually, I will do that. And they've been nice. They've called me and said, listen, we haven't heard from you, and we, you haven't submitted your in- reimbursement receipts for meals, etc. Is there anything we can do to help? And uh, the woman I spoke with on the phone, I'm like, listen, I, nothing you can do to help. I'm just very busy. I haven't had a chance to get to it. I will get to it at some point. Um, and, you know, uh, I appreciate you just calling and checking in. That's fine, right? On the other hand, people who don't own a newspaper and don't have a podcast. Yeah, they and might not be checking in. It doesn't really seem like that they are, at least from the people that I speak to. The other thing that Rachel Moffat brought up, and I don't know how valid it is, but I'm going to throw it out there because it really seems pretty valid. She said that Columbia Gas is serving um, turkey TV dinners for Thanksgiving to people who are... Um, like a hungry man dinner? Yeah, I guess. Right? Or? That's what she said. Um, she says... She's, she's very skeptical now because she's been dealing with them for well over a year since before this happened. So to her, everything's going to be wrong and she might not be... <laughs> she might not even be wrong about that. She said, yeah, of course they do. She says uh, to me on the phone yesterday, she said, of course they're going to give us like a, a turkey TV dinner because they don't want us to go out and go to a restaurant... 
with our families and run up a bill that they're going to have to pay for. So they bulk order all of these turkey TV dinners for people. And so what do we do? We go and we pick it up and we bring it home. And by the time we get it home, it's cold. We have nothing to heat it up on. Nothing to give thanks for on Thanksgiving. She says, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to microwave? Like cold turkey? Like really? Is that what we're supposed to do for turkey? They should have gone house to house with a 30-pound friggin' turkey to every single person that was affected. Every single one of them, they should have gone. This, this has just been a debacle from day one. And let me tell you one more thing that's really frosting my ass before or, we... Uh, do you, do you want to run that video? Which one? The, the N-word. Oh, one. you didn't run it? No, because uh, you were talking. I okay, yeah, yeah. Let, let's show people what we're talking about with the N-word on the pipe. Well, she actually took video and she sent it to us. So if you're watching us live on Facebook, you can see this. Um, so she's actually down in her basement with a Columbia Gas worker uh, while she's narrating this. Okay. So I want to show you right now where the gas leak is. It is right, right there. And you can see it in, uh, spatially, it's right. That's the um, cellar window that goes out to the front. And my chair would be right over this. So that's where the leak is, right up here. And uh, the earlier video showed it bubbling when um, he did the test for me. And I guess that's where they want to cut. Yeah. What a lovely... Cut here my N-word. In my home. I am disgusted right now. All right. Thank you, Ed. Unbelievable. Now, where the... And I can tell you, she is disgusted because I had her on the phone yesterday. And I'm trying to type while she's talking. And she was so furious, I had to slow it down. And I'm pretty good. Like, I can transcribe pretty well. I used to do it for a living in a law office. And I can transcribe pretty damn good. And I had to keep slowing her down. And she was, she was furious. And she should be furious. Absolutely. And, you know, all the, all the hoaxes that you see out there about the N-word being scrawled or anti-Semitic stuff being scrawled, I can't imagine this isn't a national story that we've broken. I can't imagine this doesn't go national yeah. considering, considering what happened. Um, I'm going to actually invite Columbia Gas to come on the show and defend themselves. Maybe, maybe for some of the things that we talked about today, they've got a reasonable explanation. I'd like to hear it. I'd like to give them a shot to do that. I'm pretty sure they're probably not going to want to come on and do that. But if they do have the, if they do have the stones to come on, I will be as fair with them as I always am with every other guest. Yeah. We will give them every courtesy and we'll take them at their word while they're here. You know, I'll challenge them like I challenge everybody else. But, um, but I, think that, I think that somebody from Columbia Gas needs to step up now. At this point, there's no leadership. Uh, one of the things that she brought up, I know we're later on a break, but one of the things that Ms. Moffitt bro uh, brought up, she said, these people are just coming and going out of my house. There's no supervision. There's nobody from Columbia Gas overseeing these subcontractors standing there making sure they're doing what they're supposed to do. And she says, I'm a single lady. You got a dozen guys coming and going out of my house every day. They can see that I live alone. They can see that I'm a single woman. I don't feel safe. Right? Right. So, listen, Columbia Gas, get your act together. Seriously, I understand that you're trying to make the best of a very bad situation, but it, it doesn't really seem like you're, you're giving your best. And it seems like instead of nickel and diming everybody, what you should be doing is you should be ponying up a check for five grand to every, just out of the gate to every single person affected. Like, before we even talk about reimbursements and time out of work and everything else, it should be, hey, look, we're sorry, and let's prove that we're sorry. Here, we want to help. Yep. And instead, 
you have people who are counting pennies to go to the friggin' laundromat, and and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't want to repeat myself because I tend to do that sometimes. <laughs> but it it really seems that we've been wanting to talk about Columbia Gas for a long time. We had this Feeney Brothers story um, where the where the contractor that that hooked up the wrong line, who the NTSB says is not responsible, at least not completely responsible, was thrown out of Lawrence. Lawrence Mandanavir says, I don't want them in my city. He threw them out of Lawrence. Um, A day later, one of our Valley Patriot news spotters caught a Feeney Brothers truck on Loring Street in South Lawrence, took a picture, took a video, sent it to us. We posted it online. The mayor immediately came on Facebook and said, I'm sending the police right now to escort them out of the city. (laughs) All right. And he did. To his credit, he did. Um, Within 24 hours, the town of Andover threw Feeney Brothers out of Andover because they caught them doing a work slowdown. They weren't really starting to do any real work until it started to get dark so they could all get overtime, at least according to the Andover officials that I spoke to. And so they threw Feeney Brothers out of Andover. North Andover, on the other hand, the North Andover town manager said, no, 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 we're going we're gonna to keep using Feeney Brothers, and they did. Hmm. So far as we know, without incident. Although we don't know if it was Feeney Brothers that did this. Now, if it turns out that it was, a, it was somebody from Feeney Brothers who did this scrawling an N-word on somebody's pipe in their basement, then I think all bets are off after that. That's not going to go well. I don't think it's going to go well at all. At least not in the Valley Patriot office, it's not. <laughs> I don't know where else. Uh, hopefully, our friends over at Boston 25 can get a hold of this story. I did shoot it over to David Rothstein. I think it's a good story. I don't think it's the end of the world. Um, you know, whenever a story like this, something like this kind of happens, uh, you you have uh, all the Boston news stations talking, we should have a candlelight vigil to say we, we're we against hate. Yeah, okay, we all know. Everyone wants to virtue signal. Everybody's against hate. We're all against hate. Hate is bad. Bad things are bad. We know that. They should all just walk around with signs saying bad things are bad because that's just how friggin' obvious all of this is. However, I do think that given the magnitude of what's going on with Columbia Gas, and one more thing before we bounce to a, a break, I don't know what they're doing in my city. I mean, I don't live in Lawrence anymore, but I still consider it my city. They have hundreds of trailers in the city of Lawrence. They have taken over almost every park in the city. Pemberton Park is filled with trailers. Brand new, brand new basketball courts and tennis courts were put in at the Sullivan Park on Winthrop Avenue. Uh, just what, Rich, you know, like two, a year and a half ago? Yeah, two years ago. They just put in brand new uh, basketball courts, brand new tennis courts. Um, they've, they've all been ripped out. They ripped them all out, hmm. and they put trailers there. Then you drive over to the South Common. Baseball field, completely ripped up. The uh, area where all the um, swings were for the kids, yeah. all completely ripped up. Uh, they've put trailers everywhere. they put trailers all over the entire South Common from end to end on all four sides, completely packed with trailers. And then you go to another park, and it's the same thing. They've ripped up the baseball field. They've put down these huge trailers uh, up at the Andover, at the uh, Lawrence Airport in North Andover. They've done the same thing. I'm going to send my drone up in the next couple of days to get some good aerial shots just for posterity, you know, for historical historical reasons, just so that we have it. Um, I certainly hope Columbia Gas plans on rebuilding all of the parks in the city of Lawrence when this is over. Because if they're nickel and diming elderly residents over a a $25 meal or or a nurse because she had to go to 
a couple hundred dollars because she had to go to TJ Maxx to buy new clothes. Just imagine how they're going to be nickel and diming Dan Rivera after all these trailers are gone, and we've got a bunch of parks that are just lots of sand. Yeah, the question is when the real expenses come due, are they just declaring bankruptcy right. and heading for the hills? Right. Well, listen, they've got a lot of money. I don't even think this can bankrupt them. But we, I really think our government officials need to start coming down on these guys and saying, hey, listen, look, we realize a lot of you are doing what you can. We realize that a lot of you, most of you maybe who work for Columbia Gas are really trying your best. But the people making the decision to, to screw in the pooch and you guys really need to come up with something. And I'm going to go back to for the third time because I want it to sink in. I know Columbia Gas, somebody from Columbia Gas is going to watch this. A check for five grand to everybody out of the gate. Because Rachel Moffat hired a law firm. She's suing Columbia Gas. And a lot of the people that I've spoken to that are getting nickel and dimed, they're so sick of getting nickel and dimed. They've all all gone to a, a lawyer too. And now they're all looking to sue well, you'd think Columbia Gas. Class action in the works. Yeah, you know, I'm really against class action suits because at the I end of the day, too. everybody gets 11 cents. Right. But there is a law firm, the Ramundo Law Office, um, and they they're in full disclosure advertising with us. Uh, but they're actually taking people's individual cases. They're not going to file it as a class action. I because think people do better. They recoup more yeah, that way. Yeah, I agree with you. I yeah. agree with you. Now the Valley Patriot has some losses, but they're not they're not enormous, right? Mm-hmm. It's small stuff. Pennies compared to everybody else. Um, I'm sure that you know when we file that claim, we'll probably get the pennies that we're looking for. I just feel bad for the people who are who are getting who are getting shafted. Yeah. You know, their whole life is upside down. Their whole Thanksgiving. Like, think about think about your Thanksgiving's coming up and you're used to having your in-laws come from Poughkeepsie, New York, right? Yeah. You got no gas. You got no heat. You're working on space heaters. You're worried about you know, them catching on fire while you're yeah. sleeping. You're worried about blowing fuses. You're not hosting the holiday of There's no, this right. Yeah. There's, there's no comfort in the Merrimack Valley right now. There's none in anybody, any of the affected areas. And I really think that Columbia Gas, while doing some yeoman's work along the way as to try to get this thing put, put back together, um, I think the way the adjusters are uh, treating people are pretty, pretty horrible. So oh. let's take a quick break. I don't know if we're going to get to Rich today. I hope we can. We, we, com- we can. Well, okay. All right. We can go over a little today. Sure thing. For you? When we come back, the big story of the last couple of days is fake journalist Jim Acosta from Fake News CNN. And as a reporter, you're going to be a little surprised at what I have to say about this. This is not a First Amendment issue. Trust me. Trust me when I tell you. They're trying to frame it that way, but it's not. Back after this, I'm paying attention. A&M Auto Body. We got our friend Angelo over there. Angelo Memolo over there. He does great work on your car. So if you got a ding in your car, somebody hits you, you got a mechanical problem, you bring it to A&M Auto. He's on South Broadway in Lawrence on Inman Street. Angelo will take care of you. Um, so what's the address there? 341 Three- South Broadway, Lawrence, Massachusetts. I don't know why these guys love me so much. I really don't. But Twin Lights, let me tell you how, how dedicated I am to helping my sponsors. The guys at Twin Light Security needed an extra security guy to do private investigations and to do security for a certain thing in Boston. And they posted it on my page and asked if it was okay if they could use my page to solicit hiring people. And I said, you know what? As busy as I am, these guys sponsor the show. They sponsor the Valley Patriot. They give us $1,000 for the bash. I'm going to go work for these guys. So I called up Pat McLaughlin and I said, look, you help us every single time we need something. Whenever I put out a call, you're there. If you need an extra person in your short, I'll take the night off and I'll come work for you. 
And so I, ha- so I have been. I've been doing some work for them because they're helping us. And so there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to find a way to help them in the meantime. So if you need security or if you're getting divorced and you need a private investigator, if you have a business and you need a private investigator or security, uh, you want to call Twin Lights Security. They're based out of Gloucester, but they're very local. If while I'm driving around Lawrence, I get shot and killed, make sure you get my body to Perez Funeral Home because we do business with the people who do business with us. And he's on South Broadway. With the, it's the old Scott Funeral Home. If, you were, if you're an old-time Lawrence resident, it's the old Scott Funeral Home on, on South Broadway. Perez Funeral Home at 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. Um, you can, they do crematory services. They do all the stuff that they're supposed to do, right? And uh, Mike's a, a big fan of the show. He followed us when we go live. He's an advertiser now in the print edition of the paper. And he's now sponsoring this program. Perez Funeral Home and Crematory Services, 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. We appreciate him. Franklin Veloz from Veloz Auto Group. Uh, he specializes in people that have uh, maybe bad credit, no credit. Maybe you haven't had a job for a long period of time, so you don't think that maybe you qualify for a car loan. Usually, you know, they want you to have a job for a year or more. Uh, he specializes in getting people who have bad credit or no credit or maybe spotty credit, uh, getting them into a used car. He used to work for Charlie Dare's Commonwealth Motors for a long, long time, so he knows his stuff. I think he was a credit manager over there or something. So he knows what he's doing, and, um, and he follows us live, too. I really appreciate that he does. Every time I see him pop on, I'm very excited about it. And I was there yesterday to deliver his newspaper, and he said he's already had customers come in from us talking about him on this show. So we appreciate Veloz Auto Group. Go see Franklin. He's at 17 Mass Ave. It's right at the very beginning of Mass Ave on the Lawrence North Andover line. Alrighty, we are back here on the Paying Attention Podcast. I want to thank the Methuen Exchange Club, of which I am a very proud member of. The Methuen Exchange Club had what I consider my favorite, one of my two favorite events all year, and that is um, they and the Lawrence Exchange Club at separate times have a police officer firefighter of the year ceremony. And uh, we had uh, the Methuen Exchange Club had theirs this week. And um, next week, if we do come in, we may come in on Wednesday, and then yeah, we'll figure that out after the we're show. Gonna, we're going to run some audio and some some video of that. Uh, I want to thank the um, Thorn Exchange Club for what they do. Uh, they work very hard to help the kids at St. Anne's. Uh, they work very hard to honor police officers, firefighters, and again this year, veterans now, which is mm. great. Uh, they're kind of stole one of our ideas from our bash, and I was happy that they did. They uh, they honored a good friend of ours, a guy who I think has been on the show. If he hasn't, we well, should get him on. Randy Carter from Veterans Northeast Outreach Center in Haverhill. And th- what's great about Veterans Northeast is that all of their overhead is paid for with grants. So if you donate money to Veterans Northeast, if you donate a dollar, that dollar goes directly into the pocket of a homeless, homeless veteran, whether it's through buying them food or actually giving them the money, uh, they actually... 100% of what you give goes to a homeless vet. And uh, and he and John Radker are doing amazing work at uh, Veterans Northeast. He got the Veteran Hero Veteran Award uh, from the uh, Methuen Exchange. So uh, we want to thank them for, for honoring veterans, police officers, and firefighters. Uh, we have another topic. Uh, before we can bring Rich up, I want to talk about some nightclub uh, stuff in Lawrence, just to get an update. Before we do, um, Jim Acosta who used to work for the Obama administration. He calls himself a journalist, not a journalist, okay? Journalists have a specific job. I know because I'm a journalist. 
I'm not a journalist. Today, today I'm a talk show guy, right? Today I can give my opinions. This is an opinion show. But when I'm acting as a journalist, when Dan Rivera holds a press conference and I go, I have one job. My job is to ask a question, write down the answer, and publish it. You know, it's funny. I, I was on political TNT, and what I had said to Nancy Troy was, yeah, as far as I understand... The journalist isn't there to antagonize the person giving the press conference. Right. Or give his opinions. No, they're supposed to ask a question to clarify or perhaps to get additional information. Right, then write down the answer. And report it. And, and publish it, right, and publish it. Jim Acosta doesn't do that. Jim Acosta starts every single, and I, I know this because I watch CNN all day, every day in my office. Jim Acosta starts and ends almost every single report with, Donald Trump lied today because he said this, and in my opinion, it's not that. Well, you know what? You just gave your opinion. So you're no longer a journalist. He's a Democrat activist, lobbyist for the Democrat Party. He sees his job as to challenge the president, to give his opinion to the president, and then try and get the president to conform to his opinion. And in case you haven't heard it, you probably have because all the all the news stations have been running it. But in case you haven't, because I could never, I never get sick of hearing this. This is <laughs> one of my favorite clips of the Trump administration ever. Here is here is fake journalist Jim Acosta accosting President Donald Trump. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I wanted to challenge you on, on one of the statements that you made in the tail end of the campaign uh, in, in the midterms. That here, this, here we go. That, well, uh, if Let's you don't go. mind, Let's Mr. President, that this caravan was an invasion. As you know, I, Mr. President, I consider it to be an as invasion. As you know, Mr. President, the caravan was not an invasion. Can you it's pause a, that? It's a, it a group of migrants moving up from Central America towards the border. All right, so he's already started with, well, no, it's not an invasion. Right. Is that something a journalist would do? I don't think a journalist would. If I went to a, if I went to Dan Rivera's uh, at the mayor of Lawrence's uh, um, uh, press conference, and he came out and he said something was something, and I didn't think that it was, the last thing in the world I would do is say, no, 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 you're, you're wrong about that. That's not what it is. What I would ask is a clarifying question to make him look more stupid when I write my story. See, I but it would be his words. It he, wouldn't be my words. He was just confused. He thought it was a debate, not a press well, conference. Well, yeah. He, the, the, the problem with most jur so-called journalists on TV today is they think their job is to be the story. Right. right? And Jim Acosta wants to be the story. He's so, he's so drunk on his own sense of self-importance that he thinks the real story is him. And he wants to show all his colleagues how he can give it to Trump. Not your job to give it to Trump. Your job is to ask the friggin' question, write down the answer, and then report what he said. And you're going to hear in the rest of this clip when he says, oh, it's not an invasion because they're a thousand miles from the border. What does that have to do with it being an invasion or not an invasion? I mean, I mean if, if the Romans had a thousand troops and they were marching to Egypt, that's a long way off. But it's still an invasion. <laughs> yeah. Like, just where they are has nothing to do with the definition of whether it's an invasion or just it's a not. question of timing. Like, and I'm not even going to get into whether it is or it's not an invasion, right? Obviously, I have, I have an opinion on that, and it's, it's more in line with Trump than anybody else's. But that's not even the issue here. Like, let's not get bogged down with it. The fact is, this guy's a reporter, and he's there, and he's behaving badly, and then he behaves even worse. 
border with the U.S. Thank you for telling uh, me. Why, why, why did you characterize it as such? Uh, because and, I consider it an invasion. You and I have a difference of opinion. But do you think that you demonized immigrants not in this election no, to try to keep... Them, I want them to come into the country, but they have to come in legally. You know, they have to come in, Jim, through a process. I want it to be a process. And I want people to come in, and we need right. the people. Your, you know, campaign, wait, your campaign... Wait, wait. You know why we need the people, don't you? Because we have hundreds of companies moving in. We need the people. Right. But your campaign had an ad showing migrants climbing over walls and well, so that's on. True. It, it, but they it, weren't actors. They're not going to be doing they that. They weren't actors. Well, no, it's true. Do you think they were actors? They weren't actors. They didn't come from Hollywood. Right. These were these were people. This was an actual. You know, it happened a few days ago. And, uh, They're hundreds of miles away, though. They're hundreds and hundreds of miles away. So? That, that's I not an invasion. Should, honestly, uh, I think you should let me run the country. You run CNN. <laughs> right. And if you did it well, your ratings well, let me would be ask, much if better. I, if I may okay, ask one enough. other question, Mr. President, if I may, if I may ask Peter, one other question, ahead. are you worried? Of, that's enough. That's Mr. enough. Mr. President, I, well, that's I was going to ask one of the, the other folks. That's that, enough. Pardon me, ma'am. I'm, I'm, Mr. Excuse President, me. that's enough. Mr. President, I had one other question, if I may ask, on the Russia investigation. Are you concerned that you may have I'm not concerned about anything with you the may Russian have investigation because it's a hoax. Are you That's enough. Put down the mic. Mr. President, are you worried about indictments coming down in this investigation? Mr. President. I'll tell you what, CNN should be ashamed of itself having you working for them. Right. You are a rude, terrible person. You shouldn't be working for CNN. Go ahead. I, I think that's unfair. You're a very rude person. The way you treat Sarah Huckabee is horrible. And the for way sure. you treat other people are horrible. For sure. You shouldn't treat people that way. Go ahead. In, in, Go in ahead, Jim, Peter. Go in, ahead. In Jim's defense, I've traveled with him and watched him. He's a diligent reporter who busts well, his Well, I'm not a big fan of yours either, <laughs> so, to be honest. So let me ask you a question if I can. You repeatedly... That's started, awesome. You are the best. <laughs> Mr. President, you repeatedly... <laughs> oh, my God, that's so awesome. Thank you. When you, you know, when you report fake news, no. When you report fake news, which CNN does a lot, you are the enemy of the people. Go ahead. Mr. Absolutely. Over the, course, over the course of the last several days of the campaign, sir, sir, at the end of the campaign, you repeatedly said that Americans need to fear Democrats. You said Democrats. Yeah, okay. So, so there's a couple things I want to I talk about here. Because after this happened, Donald Trump revoked his press pass. Right. And they're suing on First Amendment grounds, saying that he's violating the First Amendment by not letting this reporter into the White House, into his press conferences. They should lose that monumentally. That should be thrown out. Like that shouldn't even see like the f the, f the first hearing that should get thrown out. Oh yeah. You do not have a constitutional. I'm a reporter. Do I have a constitutional right to have a press pass? No. And if and if you are a reporter who cannot comport yourself with dignity and respect, no matter how much you hate the president, can you imagine if a Fox News reporter? behaved that way during the Obama administration, CNN would be calling for him to lose his press pass. In fact, if I remember correctly, I think I am, when the guy who runs RT, who's that crazy Russian troll, uh, Alex Jones, mm. right, who, who all he really does is he, he puts out Russian propaganda uh, on, a, on a, uh, a YouTube channel called RT. It's disgraceful. It's despicable. I hate RT. I hate Alex Jones. I hate InfoWars. However, when Facebook was taking Alex Jones off because they didn't like the content, CNN cheered. When Twitter and YouTube took off RT and Alex Jones and InfoWar, CNN cheered. 
They weren't fighting for the First Amendment then. They weren't saying, no, 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 wait a minute. This is a First Amendment issue. He has the right to speak. He has the right to be able to publish his material. He has the right to say what he wants, whether we like it or not. But they said, no, 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 he's involved in conspiracy theories, so he should be taken off the air. Well, what do you think CNN does every day? You want to talk about conspiracy theories? In the same day, they're calling Donald Trump hates women, hates blacks, he's a right-wing Nazi and a left-wing communist all rolled into one. Every day, it's a conspiracy theory. He's an asset for the Russian government. He kicks puppies in his free time. And by the way, RT should be taken off because they're involved in conspiracy theories. Wait, what? Come on now. Give me a break. Jim Acosta should be thrown out of the White House. He should never be allowed back into the White House. And let that be a lesson to the other reporters. You want to challenge the president? Fine. You challenge him in a respectful way. You say, excuse me, Mr. President, can I just drill down on that? You say it's not an invasion. Can you explain how it's not? I mean, you say it's an invasion. Can you explain how you think it's an invasion? Right. And then report his answer. Now, if you think his answer is ridiculous, it's going to come across that way. Yeah. And you've done your job. And that's a clarifying question, right. which is fine. But you don't say, no, no, no. My opinion is it's not an invasion because they're a thousand miles away. Like, I, again, I don't know how that makes it not an invasion. But apparently Jim Acosta has some very strong opinions. And if he wants to have a nighttime opinion show after, after Don Lemon, or maybe you could replace Don Lemon. That'd be mm-hmm. fun. Right? Then fine. You can give all the opinions that you want. When the president gives a press conference and there are actual reporters there asking actual questions about, I don't know, like the government and things that are going on in the military and things that are going on with the economy and the jobs and everything else that the the, the government runs every day, whether it's transportation, whether it's infrastructure, this government is doing all kinds of things every single day that these reporters could be asking about that are substantive that will have to do with your life and my life and how it's going to change over the next few years. And most of them are not doing any of that. Everything's a gotcha question. Don't you think that what you tweeted is going to make people feel bad? Who cares? Who cares if it makes people feel bad? Oh, do you, are you worried, Mr. President, that when you say you're a nationalist, that white nationalists cheer? So what? So what? They should call CNN the So What channel. Every time I put it on, they're talking about something. I go, wait, that's news? So what? So friggin' what? So... I don't know how a court even entertained this. Like, if I was a judge, I wouldn't even accept. I wouldn't even right. accept the filing. I'd say, wait a minute. The president's in charge of the national security. He's in charge of the security of the White House. You behaved badly. He threw you out. You got to go. Yeah. You don't have a right to a press pass, and you don't have a right to be at the president's. Now, if for some reason some wacko judge decides to rule against President Trump. Easy solution. Don't hold any more press conferences. Right. (laughs) Right? The rest of the press is going to be so upset that you've gone 30 days, 90 days, 120 days without a press conference. And you say, look, I'm not going to hold a press conference until CNN refuses to to send. If CNN wants to send somebody else, I'll hold a press conference. If I come out and Jim Acosta is there, I'm going back to my my desk. I'm going to go back to running the country. There's another solution here, too. We used to employ it on this show all the time when I was on radio, and I used to have a lot of guests would come in, and sometimes they would start talking over me, and they would give me all of these, all this pablum, all these memorized answers. That it's just talking points from the DNC email from that morning because I know I read them, I get them, I know I know what they're going to say before they're going to say it, and I would say, 
I would ask a question and they would go around the world not answering my question but getting all the talking points out. And I would look over at my producer and I'd give him one of these. I, I have a mute button. Right, and they would cut his mic. Right. So here's an idea. Someone like Jim Acosta starts getting out of control. Have a producer in the back to just cut the mic. And then so every, he, everyone will scream censorship. Well, listen, it's not censorship. I, he, listen, you heard Jim Acosta in that clip ask at least five questions, right? At least five. He had more than his share. Everybody else got one question. He thinks five, and he doesn't think five was enough. He wanted to ask five more. One more, one more, one more. Right, but one more becomes five more becomes ten more. So it's not like he didn't have a chance to ask a question and he was being censored. It's not like he is being passed over and not being asked, you know, okay, Jim Acosta, right? He's not, he's not passing over. He calls on Jim Acosta. He gives the guy a chance. And then the guy blows it. The guy has to grandstand and make it about himself. I'm sorry. Jim Acosta is a fake reporter. He's not a journalist. He's not anything near a journalist. Most of the people on CNN are not journalists. There's a couple. There's a couple that are actual journalists. Um, There's maybe two on Fox, because anytime we mention CNN, you know, the memorized response by Democrats, what about Fox? What about Fox? Like anything, you you can say anything you want about CNN, and they don't want to hear it. They want to talk about Fox. Right, as if two wrongs make a right. Like for some reason, they have to draw a moral equivalency to Fox, so that the bad behavior of the people on their side somehow that makes it okay. It doesn't make it okay. In fact, it actually kind of makes it worse. If you're capable intellectually of seeing Fox do something bias, then you're certainly capable of seeing CNN do something bias. Yeah. I've never come on this show and said Fox isn't biased. No. We talk about the, fo- the bias on Fox all the time. But what's funny is when I talk about Fox and their bias, no conservative ever goes, what about CNN? What, what about CNN? How come you're not talking about CNN? But when I'm talking about CNN, every liberal with an earshot, every liberal on Facebook, someone did it this morning. What about Fox? How come you're not talking about Fox? Well, can we talk about Jim robbed a bank? Can we talk about Jim robbing the bank without someone going, yeah, but John robbed a bank. How come you're not talking about John? As if somehow that makes it okay. It doesn't right. make it okay. It just doesn't. So that's, uh, that, that's it. For, I, I really can't imagine that there's any judge in the world that's going to entertain saying that Jim Costa has a constitutional right to be at a presidential press conference if he's behaving badly. And now they're trying to frame it like, oh, well, the president's censoring people who says, says things he doesn't like. Every friggin' journalist in that room says things he doesn't like. They're not getting thrown out because they weren't refusing to surrender a microphone. They weren't disrupting right. the president of the United States. That's, that's, yeah, that's not the point. It right. wasn't that he disagreed. He had become disruptive. Right, right. So, all right. Rich, do you want to come up real quick? Uh, Rich Russell's here with us. He's uh, one of my uh, ace photographers. He's all over the community. And one of the things I like about Rich, besides the fact that he's a Vietnam vet and he's a hero who served our country, uh, Rich uh, goes to all the Lawrence City Council meetings so I don't have to. I don't have to clog my brain with all that silliness. And as I'm driving around, Rich, um, uh, it's been very quiet in Lawrence. Obviously, violent crime is down somewhere in the neighborhood of 60%, and that's actually true. They're not fudging the numbers because we see it while we're out there. But when I'm driving around, Rich, especially on a Friday and a Saturday night, I notice a lot of nightclubs are closed. Elite yeah. is closed. There's a couple of others that are closed. Can you give us just a, um, a quick update on what's going on with the nightclubs in Lawrence? Because it seems as though when the nightclubs are closed, there's far less crime at night. Uh, 
It is what it is. I, I well, thanks for coming. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, no, I, I attribute it to uh, the, the ch- actually the change in the weather. It's seasonal. Uh, people are kind of stocking up, I guess, uh, planning for their, their winter parties, the inside stuff, and uh, they realize the Lawrence Police are, and the licensing board are cracking down on uh, all this uh all the actions that uh, they are or they aren't doing properly. I mean, elites the the, the best case of that. I mean, so now, why are they closed? Because we were there one night when somebody was there. They weren't supposed to be there. Sergeant Samad caught them. Yep. Um, supposedly there was some kind of shooting that had happened earlier yep. that night. They were claiming that it had nothing to do with the club. Uh, I only know the bits and pieces because I was out live and I was covering other things while that was happening. Supposedly when that happened, this happened sometime a little after 3 o'clock in the morning. The clubs are supposed to be... Uh, depending on the day of the week, uh, either you're supposed to be, everybody's supposed to be out by either one or two. Okay, this is three o'clock. Gunshots happen. Everybody says, no, 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 we know nothing. We know nothing. I mean, Samad saw it. Yeah. And they, it, it took him 15 minutes to get into the club. And all oh, these people are just cleaning up. And They're all sitting around drinking? Yeah, sitting around, <laughs> sitting around drinking. And I mean... Uh, 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 well, at the time, Sergeant Cerullo, he started pushing it. He says, "I want to see, I want to see uh, the the work, uh, you know, the 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 your employment forms." Mm-hmm. And it took him about a month to come up with a list of people's names. <laughs> the, well, they had to make them, right? Yes, exactly. That was it. So, but I mean, their case is sitting up there uh, in Boston in front of the ABCC. Uh, the, so, have they lost? Their, they've lost their license in the meantime. They they've been shut down, and they're in the process of appealing it. But uh, from what I gather, the the appeal isn't going to go through. They're their, so, their history. So now the Elite nightclub is one of the better nightclubs in the city, right? I mean, we've got other nightclubs oh, yeah. where there's all kinds of stuff going yeah, there's, on. There's a few on Jackson Street uh, that the, are real pride in Lawrence. Uh, we know that Dubai nightclub was shut was shut yeah. down shortly after that yeah. massive shooting that yeah. they had. We we actually had that on video, which is a great video and to watch. The, you had the, 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 uh, the shooting down there on uh, Union Street and uh, what, Methuen? Uh, I can't remember what club that uh, was. Attica? Yeah, where the woman got killed. Oh, right, yep. yep. Okay, uh, I guess... Oh, uh, no, that was La Cava. Okay, okay. now there's uh, there was uh, some incident that happened earlier this week, and uh, it, police chase ensued. They were out on 495, and finally uh, Lawrence Police cut it off uh, down at uh, down in Littleton, and the state police picked up on it, and rainy night, bad, heavy rain, and the police, the state police cut it off because the guy was out running them doing 130 miles an hour on 495, 3, 3.30 in the morning. Wow. You know, it's, but again, I, th- I think a lot of it is uh, that they, they've gotten the message that uh, uh, Roy Vask isn't going to tolerate any crap. He's a great chief. Ah, I love him. Love him. I mean, he's a great chief. I, I, he I, keeps I, it up. He could be in Joe Solomon territory very shortly as far as being he's, a great chief. He's, do, he's doing a good job. Uh, I, I have issues in my neighborhood, and he listens to me I, I admit it and he knows what he's he knows what i'm talking about and you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm, too mm-hmm. uh he, he's don't get yourself in trouble though. uh it doesn't matter at this point in time <laughs> you know trouble follows me like you you know <laughs> that's true but uh you know so what are the other nightclubs so uh, are there any other nightclubs right now like when we drive around it's a thursday night right so thursday night is, is a big club night in lawrence yeah when Friday we drive night. around, is malaya's open is aqua open is is bally's open what, Mal- who's, malaya's who's? malaya's has had a few uh incidents in the last uh uh, a couple of weeks of uh, beatings or shootings or attempted shootings uh, uh, outside outside the club. Right. It's funny how everything happens outside, outside the, the club. club. Well, you know, but that, that's that's something that the club owners, and I know Juan. 
who owns Malaya's. Yeah. He also yeah. owns Bally's. Yeah. And one night there was a shooting outside, and he, he sent me either an email or a text yeah. message, and he said, Tom, you're killing my business. Why do you keep equating, why do you keep adding the name Malaya's into the story when there's a shooting? And my answer is, because that's where the shooting is. Well, let me put it He said, but it has nothing to do with what's going on inside the club. I go, right, but it's the people who were in the club that are coming out of the club that are involved in it. And, yeah. and I get what he's trying to say. One of my big pet peeves has always been, if I go to a bar, any bar, and I get drunk, and I get in my car and I drive home drunk and I get caught. Why does the bartender lose his license? That's Be- not his because, fault. Because the state law says that if you get arrested for drunk driving, the state has the well, right I mean, to I ask just, you, where did you get your last right. drink? I get why the law says that, but yeah. I, don't uh, I get that the law says that. I don't understand why the law says that. It's not anybody else's fault but mine if I get behind the wheel of a car. I know that. You and, know, and I know if, it. You know what I'm saying? And, and so... It, it, Dovetailing on that, if there's a fight outside a club, we shouldn't be holding it against the club unless, you know, you can prove that it's like people who work for the club or they're just coming out of the club and they're too drunk. Maybe they were overserved. Um, if somebody drives by and then one night we were live and somebody drove by Malaya's and they shot into the crowd, yeah. right, that was standing outside Malaya's. And we here, we're live, we're here on this police scanner and the guy says, shot fired Malaya's, shot fired Malaya's, yeah. shot fired Malaya's, right? So... Is it Malaya's fault? No, and it's and it's it's unfortunate that the nightclub where it happens ends up getting a bad name. However, would I be doing my job as a reporter if I had family members that were thinking, "Hey, I'm thinking of going to Malaya's tomorrow night and have a couple of drinks," and we didn't report that it was at Malaya's and that Malaya's was a place that was not exactly safe outside? And somebody got hurt, I would feel bad about it. I would yeah. feel like I didn't do my job. It, 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 is a, it is a double-edged sword. I mean, you're right in saying, maybe you should phrase it a little bit differently, add a couple of prepositions and adverbs outside of right. Malaya's. Okay, that could... But again, there's also the issue with uh, how much security is being provided by these clubs. Mm-hmm. I mean, by rights, if, if I'm not mistaken, they should be providing some sort, even a wand, wand them down. Mm-hmm. I mean... A lot of nightclubs do that, which is why I don't go in, because I'm not, I'm not leaving my gun anyway. Well, the, uh, I know two women, well, you, well, you know both of them too, uh, they went into a club, big, big bulky uh, pocketbooks, Right past security. They wow. weren't even checked. Wow. Uh, I know I know Aqua pats people down. I know that I, I've seen Malaya's pat people down. I don't know if they do it all the time, but I've seen them do it. Are there any other nightclubs? Uh, how's Bongos? We, we, we know what a horrible neighborhood they're in, and that doesn't help them at all. I do hear frequent calls up there. Yeah. But I mean... They're not closed, though. No. They're, they're, they've managed to, to stay above the... The uh, whatchamacallit. And what's going on with the changing of the of the last call? At one point, the city council was talking about changing last call, which would have been a really good solution to all this. You want, you want me to? Yeah, yeah, sure. You, gotta, you, want, we'll you, want, you want me to piss off a few people? Yeah, please like, do. Yeah, Just don't get the, me sued. The city government wimped out. Did they really? That's my. They pushed that, 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 out. That, my humble opinion. So they, the city city council had an opportunity to change last call, and what did they do? They went. Well, actually, actually, it isn't the city council. It's the licensing board. Okay. They're the ones. They're the ones that established the protocol. I mean, you you get your license from the state. It's the city that sets the rules. Mm-hmm. If the city wants to say the clubs close at eleven o'clock, like when when John Romero was chief. Please, please don't remind me. Well, no, but again, I mean, I know there were issues with him other ways, but the he he rolled the hours back. He got the hours rolled back to eleven, and the crime dropped. What twenty? He did. He it, did. It, it, you know, come on, you got to be blind not to see the the right. fact. And then everybody moaned and groaned, and okay, oh, all right, well, let's go back to the regular hours, okay? Right. And crime jumps back up. And part of the reason for that is the last call everywhere else in the Merrimack Valley is one o'clock. Yeah. And in Lawrence, it's two. 
So people who are drinking in North Andover, Methuen, or Andover, or Reading, or somewhere else, or Lowell, their last call is at 1. So at 12.30, they start looking at their watch going, hey, if we leave and get to Lawrence, we can drink for an extra hour. So you have all these people from outside of the city, an hour before last call, coming into the city, mixing with people who are already there drinking. Yeah, What could go wrong? Hey, I grew up in Lynn. Salem's last call was 12 o'clock. Lynn's last call was 1 o'clock. Revere's last call was 2 o'clock. The Marsh Road on Monday morning was a sight to see. I bet it was. <laughs> Lots of people doing the walk of shame. Yeah, yeah really. I mean, they, they would just run right down, you know, they run right down Western Avenue, 107, all the way down to Revere, uh, you know, in the space of two hours. Yeah. So you, you watch the city council meetings, you watch all I these things. Them, yeah. Is there anything in the works to try and address what's going on with the nightclubs. Because, look, there's nothing wrong with owning no. a nightclub. There's certainly nothing wrong with owning a nightclub in Lawrence. There is a very tough clientele with some of them, like Ed Bongo's. It's just a bad neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, their food, by the way, is, is amazing if you want to go there during the day. Um, have someone drop you off. They don't park your car on Lawrence Street. Yeah, I you know, not be I there know. when you I, come I, back. I know the area. Right? But, uh, but, but if you want to go there for food, and I, eat, I used to eat at Bally's all the time, yeah. I really want the nightclubs in Lawrence to do well. I really want the nightclubs in Lawrence to, to get their act together and try and find a way to work with the city so that there isn't so much violence after last call. Um, and I know that it's just a hazard of having a lot of people drinking in one place at one time, but there's got to be some way that this can be addressed. The the, the whole problem in Lawrence is there's just too many drinking establishments for the area. And I, I know the, the number of licenses is predicated upon population. X number of li- one license per X number of people. Okay. Is but well, Lawrence is seven square miles. You get, se- you get I think, 70, somewhere in the 70s, licensed sit-down drinking establishments. Wow. Be, be them bars or be them restaurants. Wow. Okay. That's, 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 that's 10 per square mile. Right. And it, you, know, you, you know how many are, are packed into the, uh, the Essex Street, Common Street, uh, mm-hmm. Jackson Street, and Lawrence Street area. Right. You know, it's, What's weird, though, is you almost never hear police getting called to, like, the relief's end. Nope. Right? I, I've, I've heard. I, I've, I've lived in Lawrence 17 years. I've been a scan. I'm all. I've been a scanner enthusiast for too damn long. But I mean, I think I've heard two calls for the police going down the, the right the relief center. Right. And one was an accident, right? Somebody, yeah. Somebody yeah. yeah. Really. It's. It's. You know. They. They. They police themselves. Right. So hopefully that the nightclub owners, my friend Juan, who I really yeah. feel bad for because. I feel bad when there's a shooting at Malaya's because yeah. I know the owner of Malaya's yeah. and I know it hurts his business whenever yeah. we report it, but we can't not report it either. And so I'm, I'm just hoping that they can work with the city. They can try and find a way to work this out. I'd love to see the nightclubs in Lawrence thrive. I used to go to the nightclubs. I don't drink. I haven't drank in years, but um, I, but I still like to go. And friends yeah. of mine say, hey, you want to go? Let's go to Aqua. I mean, I'm, an, I'm obsessed with Dominican women, too, so I go to the Dominican clubs. As long as they're redheads, right? The redhead Dominican <laughs> women, that's like double bonus points. Yeah. A redhead Dominican girl, are you kidding me? No. no. But, but I like to go, and I used to go to some of them yeah. all the time. Uh, when uh, when yeah. I had a, a, a girlfriend that was working the door at uh, Aqua, I used to try to go there. Um, and uh, there's a couple of other clubs that I used to like to kind of just bounce in once in a while and just say hi to people and have a have a Coke. And and now I kind of feel like I can't do that anymore. Yeah. Quite quite frankly, I think what what everything is is going to be based on is they're going to see how the 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 situation with the elite with the state's going to turn out. 
The elite, okay. the elite nightclub. Yeah, you call it elite. Everybody I know calls it elite. You uh, can't, you, you're putting a, putting a, a diacritical mark above the right. E doesn't give a place class. Let's right. put it oh, that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, you know, Fair so, enough. I mean, I, I think they're going to wait to see what happens there, and they're going to use that. Mm-hmm. You want to go the way of the elite? Yeah. Keep going. Right. Okay. But again, the council doesn't. The council, well, you, you know the whole Listen, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna share a secret with people. I had a conversation with. Is Kendra still the council president? Yes, he is. Okay, so I had a conversation with Kendra Vasquez. Every conversation I've ever had with him, I end up walking away, shaking my head, going, "What the hell is that guy thinking? He's the nicest kid in the world." Um, but Kendra Vasquez, I had a conversation with him about this changing of last call, and he was against it. And I looked on his campaign finance reports, and he took money from the nightclub owners. Oh, is so it, is I think that, part of, be still my heart. Well, this is what I'm <laughs> saying. So, I mean, part of the problem is these nightclub owners are smart enough when election time comes around to give money to people who are running for office. So when things like changing last call comes up, they've yeah. got somebody they can talk to that can advocate yeah. for them. And I think that that's wrong. I, and I said to Kendrick when I was talking to him, uh, he said, you know, geez, uh, I said, are you going to recuse yourself if there's a vote? He goes, well, if I do, there won't be a quorum. I said, well, sucks to be you. It does. And he started to laugh. He goes, well, what, what, do, you, what do you mean? Like, I'm going to have to vote. There's no quorum. I said, no, no, you're going to have to not vote. No. And if there's no quorum, there's no quorum. Like, no. that's just the way that it goes. You can't just say. Kind of like Methuen should like, have you know, done. Rule of necessity. <laughs> I get to vote anyway. Yeah, How yeah. about just don't vote? Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, it's. There's it's, no law that says you ha- Rule of necessity doesn't say you have to vote. Yeah. The, so. uh, the, 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 there's, there's too many. Too many uh, too many of them sitting on the council have their own agendas right now. I mean, it's no big secret. There's at least three of them that are uh, that are gearing up to uh, to take over Dan's seat when and if he ever leaves. Is there any talk at all? For 30 years, we've been hearing every time at election time, Lawrence needs a youth center. And if any community needs a youth center, I can't think of one that needs it more than Lawrence. Not- because the kids in Lawrence, I feel bad for the kids coming up in Lawrence. They've got nowhere to go. And so, of course, they're going to get themselves in trouble. They're hanging around in bad neighborhoods to begin with where they live. They, 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 they brought something up. Uh, my pet peeve is the, uh, the winter parking. Okay, I, I'm, you know, I don't have a driveway, so I'm at the mercy of uh, even odd parking where I live. And they, they're going to spend two hundred thousand uh, dollars. Lawrence is going to change its name to uh, Kmartville. A blue light special. And the blue lights flashing in the winter time. You can't park. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go followed by the rules. But you know. It, it, the two of them, two of them, uh, the mayor and uh, Carlos Suarez, they, they, they signed off on just kind of pulling the winter parking ordinance this year. And then a few of them down at the ordinance committee, they decided we need we need a way to, to, to put these signals out. So they're spending 200000 bucks on wireless blue lights. There's going to be about 40 of them spread out through the city. So when the blue lights are flashing, whatever the next night is or the next day date-wise, you've got to abide by the thing. Come on. Now, we all know who one of the people on the ordinance committee is. He uh, is a, works for the uh, state as an engineer. Giovanni Rodriguez. I get no My point. buddy. Yeah, well, he is what he is. I mean, uh, you know, that's, that's his pet peeve. Right. You know, believe it or not, but no word, no word on, on a youth center. Nobody's nothing, even talking about no, it. No, no, nothing, nothing. So you've got a city with ninety thousand people crammed into yep. it. That's seven square miles. It's got two miles of a river running through it. Yep. And you've got all of these kids, and Lawrence is half of the population of Lawrence is kids. Yep. And there's nothing for them to do. The, 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 the movie theater's gone. Yep. The bowling alleys are gone. There's no place for these kids to go. And not one effort by one elected official in the city to even try and get something going to get a youth the, center the, for these the, kids the to poli- go someplace safe. The police occasionally get grants. And they, they 
they they're opening up school gyms after school for the or after supper for the kids to go in. Yeah, it's band aids though. Yeah, it is. It, you're right. It is. It's uh, well, we're, we're trying to do this. You know, like I said, two hundred thousand dollars that could go. That could be well spent on something else. Yep. I mean, uh, what'd they do? They spent $750,000 a year ago to repave all the basketball courts. Why didn't you spend $750,000 to help keep the kids out of court? Right. The hell with basketball courts. Right. And you brought up Sullivan Park. We got trailers down there. The nice level places for the trailers to park. Right, sure. <laughs> but it, but all know. the money that Lawrence spent on Sullivan Park yeah. has now been destroyed by yeah. all these trailers. Yeah. Yeah. And I really just hope, I really, really hope, because you want to see me lose my cool, yeah. I really hope Columbia Gas isn't going to try and nickel and dime Dan Rivera in the city of Lawrence when it comes time to, re, to repaving the roads and redoing the parks. They, Lawrence should have parks paved with gold. I know it. They should have, I mean, they should have everything that they want, everything that they've ever wished that they could have. They should build a couple of more <laughs> pools in the city. And maybe, maybe if Columbia Guest really wanted to do something, how about, we just talked three seconds ago about the politicians have done nothing for a youth center. How about Columbia Gas builds a Columbia Gas youth center in North Lawrence for the, for the kids, especially like in the bad neighborhoods, for kids who have nothing to do all day but get themselves in trouble because they live in a bad neighborhood? Hey, uh, I know this building is there because I live basically around the corner from it, the old St. Ian's Church. Yes. The church? And they got the, uh, the, the uh, I guess it was the old rectory building now uh, because you're going down uh, Haverhill Street. Uh, it used to be the boxing club. Right. They got two buildings. Right. Okay. I know years ago they wanted to, when I first moved there, when General Donovan neighborhood was uh, in its heyday. Well, never really was a heyday. But they wanted to, uh, some developer wanted to take the church and make it into a cultural arts center. And it was a great idea. I saw the plan. I said, yeah, this is, this is doable. The city blew it off because... Insufficient parking. Yeah. Okay, but now you still so make, make parking. You make parking. Yeah, you got you got the building. You got the building there that the, the boxing club used to use. Right. You know. What now? What do you got there behind that place? You got nothing but used right. needles. Thank you, Ed. I appreciate that. <laughs> Melvin Taylor says we got to go home. One oh. more thing I want to let you know. We had a breaking story. I'm a little surprised it didn't get a little bit more uh, of a reaction on my Facebook page, although I think I'm shadow banned on Facebook. So you have to go back to my Facebook page and follow me and, and, and check when we're live. But Prospect Hill, the band Prospect Hill, they've played all over the world. They've played coast to coast. They're all from Lawrence. They've announced this week that they will be performing at the Valley Patriots 15th Anniversary Bash in, in April. April 5th will be our 15th Anniversary Bash. And we're very excited about that. We're also working on a big-name comedian, but I can't tell you who it is until we get it solid. we got a few politicians that might be looking for work. No, that's true. <laughs> it's true. I told Brenda Rossi she's going to make sure Dan Rivera is going to be yeah, there to hand out a scholarship yeah, this year. Yeah. No more of this Tom wrote mean things about me, I'm not coming <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> You come for the kids, you don't come for me. Yeah, it's for the community. All right, Melvin Taylor says we got to go home. Go home already. We'll see you next Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. We're going to talk about Thanksgiving and what not to do at the family table. (laughs) The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.